and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Emma. And I'm Jacinta. We're a book podcast for everyone. Whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book club. Equal part book club, ultimate reckless, and catch up with your friends. Welcome to the latest episode. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being here. Yeah. (laughs) Today is going to be a good chat because we're talking about basically easy reads, like books you can read in a day. Yeah. That that was our one requirement. You have to be able to finish it in a sitting. So if you're one of those people that you just need something to like kickstart your reading again and you just want to be able to devour a book to like feel inspired by reading, I feel like this is going to be the episode for you. Yes, such a good like stepping stone to get you warmed up. I know. I'm really excited, actually, because I think we've picked quite different novels than normal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay, what's your first book? So my first one is My Sister, the Serial Killer by Oyinkan Braithwaite. Oh, my God. She was at um, Adelaide Writers Week in 2020. What? Really? Yeah. I I went to see her talk. How was it? Um, It was good. I mean, I haven't read the book and I feel like often with Writers Week talks, you get more out of it when you've read the books that they're discussing, obviously. Um, But it made me want to read the book for sure. It's really interesting. But I've heard really mixed reviews about it. Yeah. I do think it is a love-hate book. Yeah. It's written in like a Polarizing? Yeah, definitely. It's written in like a really specific style. Almost. It's kind of like a slasher book. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like a like, thriller. It's not gore. Quite, it's not quite thriller. There's definitely gore, but it's really weird because it's framed as this murder slasher. I mean, the title semi yeah. implies that there's going to be death. <laughs> there's death and there's murder, definitely. <laughs> tick um, tick. But it actually is essentially at the heart of a story about two sisters. So it's almost like a, a family saga. A family drama. With murder as the backdrop. Pretty much. Okay. And it's all about loyalty and what you'll do for your family. Oh, that sounds terrifying. It is. So they don't really tackle how good or bad or the moral stakes of killing people. So basically... The book's about um, Karidi. It's set in Nigeria, which yes. I thought was really interesting. So the as author's well. from Nigeria and yeah. she still lives there. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really good because it wasn't someone visiting a place mm. like that. She actually lives there, like That's you a say. really good point. Yeah, so I, I loved living in that world. Um, but it follows two sisters. So Karidi, who's kind of like a sensitive, quiet nurse, and her outgoing, beautiful sister, who has a habit of. Killing her boyfriends. <laughs> wow. Um, not, right, okay, um, not your yeah. usual hobby. Exactly. And she always says that it's out of self-defense, but... Yeah, it can't keep of... repeating and be out of self-defense. There's a, when there's a pattern emerging, it's... <laughs> exactly. But she always asks her older sister, Karidi, to clean up her mess, literally and figuratively. Wow. Yeah. So I loved this book. It's super, like, short. It's super fast-paced. There's, like, a satirical element to it. So you're dealing with such pretty dark topics, but it's done in, like, a light-hearted, funny way. I also kind of love that it doesn't get – it's not a fable. There's no, like, moral yeah, element to it. I actually kind of love that it's up to you to interpret the moral. Yeah. 
like side of things in your own way exactly. it's just discussing it as factual yeah with like a slight comedic overtone I kind of like that that's the yeah. angle it's almost like flippant at times which is very jarring yeah, yeah. It, it's very clever I think well, I, it helps normalize it too where you get clever in the sense that it makes you see beyond it being murder in some senses and it does make you unpack sort of what you touched on at the beginning where it is that family drama and what mm. you're the lengths you're willing to go to yeah. to support or be there for your family members it I guess allows you the room to explore that as the concept yeah so it's surprising when you like lift up the layers that that's what it's actually about and then they go also back into their history and their relationship with their dad and things make a lot of sense and maybe the people that you thought they were sometimes you're like oh she's just taking advantage of her older sister like the sensible nurse but then you delve back into their history and which is good because there's a lot more layers well yeah because I was gonna say um this nurse sister does come across as almost one-dimensional if that's her only role is which is essentially enabling her sister well and narratively right like that's if that's the purpose she's serving it almost makes me think of like you know women in film sometimes when they're used more as a driver for the main character's development and it's like if that's all it is sometimes it feels really vapid and hollow sometimes you want to like shake her and be like can't you see this for what it is so oh my god it's really unsettling in that way it's like it's punchy it's short i completely devoured this so quickly will it leave you with nightmares no okay so even though it's gory and kind of like violent it's not going to be like one that stays with you no well I I didn't feel that way and I'm quite sensitive I'm a baby when it comes to that kind of stuff you would be able to finish that all right so quickly I'll I'll make it higher up my to read list but you're right it doesn't hold your hand throughout you kind of have to make your own assertions which is unusual I feel like a lot of um western novels and I think Western pop culture in general, right? Like movies and TV shows tend to do the same thing. Moral lesson. Yeah, but also the handholding. I think, like you just Mm. said, is like actually a really important part of. um, I think that where Western pop culture goes wrong, (laughs) where I think that they really don't give their audiences enough credit for what they can do or understand or enjoy and I think you're assuming they're gonna interpret it in one way exactly giving room for other options exactly like allowing time to breathe and interpret Mm. based on your own lens and experience sometimes makes it a richer story yeah Mm. oh and what also hooked me is the fact that it is a mystery in a way but I wouldn't call it a thriller so things complicate it when her sister gets into the relationship with the person that Karidi is in love with. <gasps> no, and then so she's anticipating that he's going to yeah. get murdered. So it, that's Ooh. the whole. Oh, so it's like a love triangle in a sense yes. too at the end. So it's it's really yeah, it twists and turns Ooh. in that way. Okay, so. that's a good like layer. Yeah, I thought that was like an interesting spanner. I like that. <laughs> oh, that's clever. So yeah, my sister, the serial killer by Ian Ken Braithwaite. So good, love it. Um, How about you? Okay, my first one is going to be a graphic novel. Such a good idea. Yeah, so you can burn through this so quickly. So it's actually a series. So I think there's four books in the series. I sounded very certain. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's four. I trust you. I've read the first two and I'm actually so pumped because the library's finally got the last two. They didn't have the hard copy versions for so long. And I'm like, yes, finally I can finish it. Um, So I haven't read many graphic novels, I will admit. It's a space that I'm probably not as familiar with. Um, But I 
adored these books. So they're probably like YA graphic novels. They're set in a high school. Okay. And it's basically like a love story between two boys at school and there's elements of like learning about yourself and discovering yourself and like also the sweetness and it's like really wholesome like the story of like what they do for each other and how they like come to terms with liking the other person and admitting it like one of the characters is already out and one isn't and it's just like it explores so many elements of not only like high school love but then the layer of like what it is like to come to terms with the fact that you're gay and it's like a really lovely it's really I think enriching to read a story about gay love that's really loving and beautiful and supportive in the Mm -hmm. sense that like both within the relationship and outside of it where like the families are both really lovely like it's not I think a lot of um stories about queer lives and particularly queer love make are always set at the backdrop of tragedy or suffering or trial and I feel like to just read something that's just wholesome and loving is actually just really beautiful it was just like a really lovely easy book to read oh my gosh that's such a good I really loved it and I think it's just like you leave feeling warm and fuzzy and like oh but there's enough that like at the end of each book you're kind of like oh what are they gonna do about this there's always like awkward (laughs) teen moments or like a situation where like one of them's fucked up and it's like they've done something like classically wrong where they've like offended the other person and you kind of you're invested enough that you want (laughs) to know what happens next how did the graphic element kind of impact your reading of it i find graphic novels take me a little bit to get into and get used to who the characters are i've ever read a graphic novel you should read mouse have you not read mouse by art spiegelman it's um it won the pulitzer yeah i think it was the only or definitely the first graphic novel to win a pulitzer yeah i feel like this is a space that i need to explore i've got mouse if you want to read it i'll lend it to you oh yeah yeah and heartstoppers yeah i've probably i reckon this is maybe my third graphic novel maybe um it takes me a little while to get used to it only because sometimes in black and white if the characters look similar I sometimes struggle to differentiate who's who and because it's a graphic novel it's not necessarily in prose because they're writing people's names it becomes a bit clearer like who's who whereas in a graphic novel if the characters have a similar hairstyle if it's in black and white and you can't tell like color differences between hair or whatever it can be a bit difficult to tell yeah so but once I got used to who all the characters were it was really quite easy and you can power through it so you also just feel like super accomplished because you're like (laughs) I'm like like, halfway through the book and I've been reading for like 30 minutes (laughs) that's the thing about a short book you feel like oh my god I achieved like this you could read in like an hour it's so good yeah if you want a sense of accomplishment read these books I remember once reading a book like standing up in a bookstore no. Finished it. Oh, it was no. barely a book. I forgot what it was. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that before. That's so good. Um anyway, I think graphic novels, like if you're looking for a quick, easy read, mm. are such a good way of like getting absorbed into the characters and the storyline and getting through it quite quickly. Do you think that's a better introduction to graphic novels than the mouse? Mouse is quite heavy because it's basically about World War Two. Yeah. So I just think it depends whether okay. you're interested in a lighthearted topic or a heavy topic. Okay. Um, I think you get different things out of them. But I would probably say, yeah, if you're not used to graphic novels, it's yeah. a quicker one. Mouse was like a little bit 
But also Mouse was just so beautiful and so well written. I heard and, really good things. Oh, look, it's wonderful. Yeah. So I don't know if you can compare because they're so different. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, these are great. So yeah, the Heartstopper, they're called Heartstopper. So there's volume one, two, three, and four novels by that, Alice like, Oseman. That, that title. I know, Heartstopper. It's, it's so beautiful. It's so, I like, feel like that word sums like, it up. Young love I and know, stuff. Yeah. I know. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, oh my god, I love that one. Wholesome recommendation, <laughs> which doesn't often happen on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not going too dark. No. Well, yeah, serial killers, then young love. Yeah, that's a good. That's yeah, a good, true, true. Yeah. We're really. Um, I feel like we often do that. We're either. 100% on the same page or we're like opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> with our recommendations. Um, what's your second book? Uh, so this one is kind of, it, it, it's, a, it's a book kind of. <laughs> it's a book kind of. Okay, cool. Now I'm officially interested. Why is it only kind of a book? Well, it's called Frank Sinatra Has a Cold and Other Essays by Gay Talese. Also, greatest book title ever, possibly. Oh, I know. Phenomenal. And it's, it was originally a magazine article. Oh my god. Yeah. It's it's sometimes said as, like, the most important magazine feature article ever, so... When was it written? 1966. I'm googling so Frank kind of... Sinatra Gets a Cold. So it ushered in this whole, this type of journalism called new journalism where, and it's kind of the journalism we know today in like longer feature articles. So it, it melded the storytelling with, with descriptions, with like that non-fiction kind of factual element. And I guess like we take for granted that that's like a journalistic style that is so ubiquitous yeah. that it's everywhere. So you just don't really even question it. It just exists exactly. in our own mind because yeah. it always has. Whereas it's incredible to think that someone pioneered this writing exactly. style. It wasn't around 60 years ago. Do you think you were interested in this book because of that element of it and because you studied journalism that they were the things that interested you or is it just that it's a great story separate to that? I think it's a phenomenal story okay. separate from that. But Oh, so magazine feature writing is my favourite type of writing. Yeah, hence so, Nora Ephron. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking my head. We know, we know what I like. So I think I am interested in that kind of thing anyway. So mm. it's kind of made for me in this way. <laughs> it's your perfect book. Yeah, this is my. This is the kind of non-fiction I love. Wait, so how many pages is it then? You can actually read it online. No. Um, yeah. So good. So not the whole book, but the Frank Sinatra has a cold one, which is all the essays in the book are great, but Frank Sinatra has a cold, the best one. Okay. It's just brilliantly written. Okay. It follows Frank Sinatra. I think he's like about 50, so he's he's had his comeback. He's a bona fide star. And so Gage Lewis. Sorry, I just, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Yeah. And you know that it's someone that's um, questionable <laughs> when there's... On controversy? <laughs> Yeah, there's like on his wiki page, there's legitimately like a whole separate section just titled Controversies, which I'm just going to read for quickly while you can yeah. talk. But, but I think this one is so fascinating. So Sinatra never gave him permission to write this. So he pretty much said no. So what he does is he observes him for like three months and goes to everyone around him to kind of put together the story which is amazing but also the ethics so questionable yeah but I think it makes it so much more honest so it's almost I guess in a way like this style of journalism was born out of Mm. adversity adversity used in a loose sense in terms of like him not being able to get direct access to Frank Sinatra so he like to go around it he had to go and follow this alternative route it's also Mm. a portrait of Frank Sinatra as a man who I think is such an icon yeah um 
but to actually really get to know him and like what makes him tick and yeah the kind of the hysteria that surrounded him particularly in the mid 60s like it's really interesting in that way Mm. this is inspiring just like as a writer but it's also just a phenomenal piece of writing full stop yeah so good yeah i love it yeah i think it's famous for a reason yeah frank snatcher has a code by gay talese (laughs) Um, My second recommendation is um, a book called Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. That's another incredible title. Yeah. That's so funny. It's such a good book. So I found that hard to get into, though. I will give that caveat that it took me a little while to get into because I didn't really understand the interconnection of the characters. And I don't think you're supposed to for quite a while. Um but it's amazing once you do. It's like this big twist. Mm. Um, but the book has such a different writing style, which I think is fundamentally why I'm recommending it. It's like almost written as if it's poetry or like the lyrics to a song or it's quite oh. like freestyle in that way. So even though the book might look like it's two, 250 pages, you're probably reading less than 100 pages <laughs> because of the layout on the page the amount of words per page is so small because it looks like poetry. Interesting. Um, where, you know, it's only maybe a few words per line or whatever. And, like, the rhythm is probably a lot different from yes. a classic novel. It's, like, a bit more of that staccato. Interesting. There's a, it's, like, staccato, but there's a free flow to it too because it's, like, there's less grammar, right? In poetry, it's almost mm. no grammar. Um, and it's still broken up into chapters, and the chapters have different first-person narratives sort of flipping between two main characters, but... That's probably like the ex- the extent of how it is a typical prose style okay. novel. Um, Does it reflect the subject of the novel? Like, is there a reason why it's written like that? Um, not necessarily. I think it just maybe is her style. I don't know. It just it fits though. It's not something you question after a while. Like, oh. it just feels really easy and natural to read once okay. you get used to it. And I think once you understand who the characters are, that really helps. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, it took me a little while, but once I did understand who was who and what was sort of going on, I was so hooked. Um, oh, okay, I wrote – it's around 400 pages, so I, like, totally, like, <laughs> didn't think it was that long. But this is why – so you're probably reading, like – I wrote, It doesn't feel like it. In my notes, I wrote – so even though it's around 400 pages, it would be the equivalent of about 100 pages with a normally laid-out book. Oh, so it's still yeah, super yeah, yeah. easy. Um, it's so gripping, though, to work out – how or like to try and guess how this book's going to end I think that was the thing that kept me going it's sort of about family drama family secrets love heartbreak and how they unfold when certain people are no longer there wow it's really good does it have like a mystery element yeah so I really don't want to say too much because I'm scared that like if I say this one key thing that it doesn't happen until like a little bit into the book. But that's a, I feel like that's a good enough It tease. obviously involves a plane trip. Um, Clap When You Land has that element to I it. I love that title. Um, but, yeah, honestly, it's predominantly a drama about family and secrets that they keep from each other and why. And then how they get uncovered and how the people left deal with those secrets. Oh, my God, interesting. Mm, it's really good. It's really set in um, Mexico. Oh, okay. It's really cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm definitely going to mm. pick this one up. It's good. Especially I think you really it... like it. It has a really great cover, too. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely a book that you would judge by its cover and then want to read, which, classic <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Also, short, I'm in. Yeah. 
I have another quick, super, super quick, if you're into, like, crimey thriller ones. The only yeah. other one I thought would be good for this is, um, it's called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Oh, I've read this. Did you love it? I was actually going to talk about it. Today as well or yeah. in another episode? No, in this one. Yes, this was one where I was like, did it take you a little while to get into as well? No, I read it really fast. I read it really fast, but the first little bit, I was like, wait, who are these people? Why do we care about them? Because it's and from it, different perspectives, isn't it? Oh, my God. The end? I can't believe you're recommending this. The end, though, when <gasps> it, like, not. the puzzle, not. it's like a puzzle. Yeah. And you're slowly piecing it together in the end yeah. when you get those final few pieces in mm. and you're like, holy Sem- shit. How did I not see that coming? <laughs> I know. There's a few where I was like, wait, of course, like, how did I not see this coming? It was so fucking obvious. And, like, all of the lives, like, intertwine mm. and have the past each other in, oh. like, previously. Like, it's like one of, Yes, one of those books where everyone has at some point crossed paths, whether they realise it or not. And yeah. part of it is that a lot of the time they don't realise it. One of the two people in the crossing of the paths doesn't realise it's happened. Oh, my God, yeah. It revolves around a murder, but there's a set, or, like, a death. But it's – there's, like, a thriller element mm. to it because you're waiting for this bad thing to happen, but you don't know what it's going to be. That's what I liked about it. You don't know who's killed or who the killer is yes. until the very end. You're... You know someone's died yeah. and you know that it's semi-under questionable circumstances. Exactly. But it could also be suicide. They're not ruling that out That's at all true. throughout the book. In some ways, they play into the possibility of that. Yeah. And so you don't know who it, could it literally is. literally be anybody. So you're guessing as you go, you're like, wait. It's that person. It's definitely that person. Then the next chapter, you're like, oh, fuck, but it really should be this. It could be this person. Oh, I don't want to like this person. I know. And some of the characters like, were trash. Because they, they could be the murderer, but you I don't know. go to the end. So I and I think... It drew you in really well in that respect. Yes. And from a moralistic standpoint, really makes you question our concept of who is good and who is bad. Oh, yeah. Because I think the people that were classically beloved for most of the book it made it threw that into doubt the people that came across as cold it gave you a really good insight into why they were cold and that maybe that didn't actually belie the fact that they were lovely people it was oh it's so good I actually loved this book too Mm -hmm. and it's like it's set so these two people are getting married so it's set on two famous people as well so there's like a they're fake because it's fiction but it's like celebrity element yeah. to it of like oh my god you could just imagine the gossip rags being like holy shit oh yeah that's can you true. just imagine if that happened at an actual celebrity wedding it'd be insane mm-hmm. so they're all like isolated on this remote irish island so the scenes like setting oh is incredible gosh. as well how much should this be a movie slash tv show i think it'd be incredible because the scenery alone oh. would be phenomenal yeah because it it totally like sets the whole mood and everything yeah Oh anyway, that was my like 2A recommendation because no. I had to I had to include it. I was going to talk oh. about this one. That's crazy. Wait, wait, have we gone through? No, we've gone through both of your recommendations. Yeah. Okay, good. But I, I didn't steal one of yours. No, no, no. It just was like a third one where I was like, I feel like I have to. And it's one of those page turners where you'll finish it really quickly because you just want to yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. Easily I also digestible. like um, the unpacking of the nice guy narrative. I feel like that was one of my favourite elements of the book where this guy who is the nice guy, but, like, you learn all of these things about him, but the way he tells himself he's the nice guy, I think is actually really true to real life. That's so true. The way that what other people say to them to tell them they're a good person and the stories they tell themselves regardless of their actions. And class as well plays into that. 
in a big way, way. Yeah. class and privilege and how yeah. that benefits those that come from class yeah. and privilege. That's interesting. And also the struggle to get access to class and privilege and what that makes people do and willing to do. Yeah, there's a lot of elements that it hits on. Yeah. Like in this really soapy kind of thriller mystery. Like easily digestible yeah, way. It's really, there's a lot there to mm. kind of oh my god i didn't know you'd read this book too i love this yeah have you read the hunting party no but it's set like the oh wait have i so that's the first one that she wrote i really i remember the title alone is fucked up i know it's the hunting party oh that's really i feel like if you liked the guest list you'd like the hunting party i don't think i have but i think after i read the other one i went and googled her and Mm. this came up because the blurb sounds really familiar but i think it's just because i was interested in reading more books by her read that one as well all right we'll do in a similar vein okay don't know why i put a thumbs up as if people can see me (laughs) and also like we're thumbs upping each other (laughs) (laughs) i'm so weird sorry (laughs) I understood uh, it. Don't worry. Oh, what a fortuitous kind of. I know. Pick. We hadn't like purposely made sure we crossed over on a book, and we still naturally <laughs> did it. We're just so in sync. Guys, it's all meant to be. Um, what are your recommendations this week? What have you been watching or whatever? This is my favourite thing I've watched in, like, a really long time. Wait, better than F1? Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God, there's a race tonight, so I am. Oh, my God, no. Get the fuck out. I'm going to be in it. You're lucky it didn't happen last night or I would be full of F1. (laughs) Like, qualified, they've all got the pole position. Wait, who, have you picked a team? Yeah. That did not sound convincing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes and No. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I need to, I do need to Goody. set my loyalty You can't follow somewhere. a sport and not pick a team. I feel like exactly. that's the ultimate betrayal of everyone. I know. I just like the the interfighting so much more than like yeah. blind loyalty. I love that you're like, I love the drama. It's like the real housewives. <laughs> that's why, like, it's a Formula One version. That's why it's perfect for reality TV because that's yes. what is interesting about it. <laughs> so good oh yeah shout out to f1 so this is my second time watching it so call my agent <gasps> the french show yes oh my god i'm obsessed with this show I call my agent oh my god how good is it i haven't watched the new season oh it's phenomenal is it because it's like season it's three or four. Oh no i know i love the woman who gets pregnant and i think Andrea. in the yeah Andrea. she has the baby in the yeah. new one but i haven't watched it yet Call My Agent is such a good TV show. It's on Netflix. It's, like, funny. Yes. It's, like... Funny it's, in a French way. Yeah. So, it's it's all completely in French, has subtitles. It follows a team of agents. But like, celebrity, like, actor yeah. agent, like, an acting agency. It's, it's so really good. good. I don't know. I don't want to, like, give it away. Um, I think the characters, it features some of the most famous actors and actresses in France. I thought that was so cool. So this is one of the parts that I loved about it is that actors and actresses that they rep in the show. So the show is fiction, mm. but they actually rep real people in the yeah. sense that, like, they get certain actors and actresses to play themselves. It's so good. So that it, it adds a sense of, like, reality to yeah. it and it makes it feel so believable. I know, it's so funny. Like, Monica Bellucci. Oh, there's, geez, a, there's a lot. A You'd recognise faces even if you hadn't yeah. seen them in anything. They're quite, like, yeah, famous. Yeah, it's it's just a really smart 
funny kind of workplace drama. Yeah. To hinge with a lot of There's a little, little bit comedy. of family drama as well. Yeah. And then like the relationships. Yeah. But like between the intern or like the new <gasps> oh, EA yeah. and the like It's a very interesting, interesting dynamic. Yeah. It's a good one. There's another French show. Have you watched The Hookup Plan on no. Netflix? It's really funny. Yeah, it's about a woman who, like, cannot get over her ex and her friends basically conspire to hire her a sex worker (laughs) to play her boyfriend (laughs) to, like, get her out of her, like, obsession with her ex because they have this really toxic, like, back-and-forth relationship. So then they're like, she needs someone else to focus on. That's so funny. But it's so good. It's, like, quite funny and silly. Okay, cool. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. I think there's only two or three seasons and I think it's over over as well. But I highly highly recommend (laughs) Okay. Oh, my oh, I'm so glad you watched this show. So yeah, few people you gotta, have. You've got to get on the last series. All right, I watched the last series. I'm obsessed. I yeah. love any because I speak French, so I That's love what I mean. French I movies and TV your shows. Experience was. What do you mean? Like, did you just understand it a lot more mm. than like? Because I am having to watch it for the second time, and I feel like I've missed so much because, mm. like, I'm reading the subtitles. Yeah. I don't know, I watch subtitle shows occasionally, but um, yeah, I guess because like, I, I don't, I maybe don't catch every word, but you might get the gist of what mm. they're saying without needing to read all of the subtitles. Yeah. Um, Does it feel t- true to French culture? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I and love And French workplaces, that. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's a so much more realistic portrayal than fucking Emily in Paris. <laughs> Even though so many of the tropes in Emily in Paris that French people are like, this is not true about us. I was like, it is 100% true. You just don't want to <laughs> think it is. It is. It gets much, a hole it's sometimes. like the adult version of Emily in Paris. Like it's yeah, it's like a proper grown up so TV much, show. It's so much better. Also well acted. You and know, but the fuck no with some of the similar actors. But yeah, there there is definitely some crossover. Also, um, yeah, some very attractive actors and actresses. Yeah. Also, hook up plan. Very attractive people. And we got. I'm actually gonna watch that now that I finished. I wanna Asian. see what you think. Yeah. It's, okay. It's I'm really good. Because now I feel like I wanna watch more smart funny French shows there's so many French are actually really good at um movies and tv shows they're really great yeah. like movie so it's culture. like opened up a whole nother world oh, there's so many if you want more movie wrecks let me know yes please love it so everyone good. go watch call my agent yeah it's you great won't regret it just thumbs up again why what is wrong with me <laughs> fucking hell it's like an audio it's a free podcast and I'm like thumbs up <laughs> Wait, what's your recommendation? Well, we talked about this before the episode. Um, I'm going to recommend therapy. <laughs> I mean, um, honestly, the most perfect recommendation ever. Well, particularly for me. Um, <laughs> but basically, I think seeing a therapist is possibly the greatest thing everyone can do for themselves, even if it's a one-off and you don't feel like you have um, a diagnosable mental health condition. I do think therapy is beneficial um, just to help you unpack different traumas or things that might have happened in your life. But yeah, I've been going through a bit of a rough patch lately, just um, bad anxiety and depression. And I feel like therapy has been my savior. Mm. You know, I feel like obviously the people in my life as well who are my support network, but you know, if it wasn't for therapy, I feel like you don't get to understand yourself in the same way and learn how to work through your own shit. And you just seek to get other people to do that whereas therapy is is a really good way of like looking internally to like self-soothe and work on all of that fun stuff i think getting an objective point of view is so powerful yeah and an expert point of view right like 
in kind of in your own way yeah I think when things feel yeah when things are overwhelming and you feel like you can't almost take that step back like things are just too rushing around in your own head so sometimes you need someone else to be like oh hey like this thing would be really helpful and you're like oh yeah but it would be it's really basic (laughs) but yeah it would be really helpful thank you um yeah so I feel like everyone should therapy yeah also this look is in, your sign yeah and look into it because a lot of workplaces have employee assistance programs where they provide free or subsidized yes. psycho psychological psychology yeah therapy um some of them yeah are free and they'll offer a certain number of sessions some might be subsidized or like you can get a mental health plan because i also want to say i understand and recognize the extreme privilege of being able to afford psychology because it ain't cheap even mm. in a country with um universal health care yeah you like you said you can go in a mental health plan and you get 10 sessions for free you don't get them for free it's a big misconception you get oh. them subsidized it's still going to cost you about 100 dollars per appointment out of pocket it's per huge appointment yeah because most psychs charge maybe two to 250 per hour oh my God. so the government only pays for a portion of that i think people assume it's free and it's not it's actually really expensive still interesting and they you know, you have to fill in a questionnaire, it's then on file that you have a mental health condition, which for some people is not something that they want disclosed yeah. either. So that's also a barrier sometimes. That's a good point. But yeah, I think it is worth recognising that I feel very privileged yeah. that I have an employee assistance program to access and also the money to be able to afford to pay for my own out-of-pocket expenses outside of my mental health plan. Mm. Yeah. But also, no shame. Everyone should feel open and okay to talk about struggling yeah we should invest in our own kind of yeah but also I feel like there's still so much stigma right about like saying we're not okay or that like we need help Mm. from a professional and I feel like it's not actually it's a really strong thing to be able to do to talk about that and be open about it and do the thing that you need to do because sometimes that's the hardest thing to do yeah there's so much more strength in vulnerability I think (sighs) Brene Brown (laughs) there (laughs) is she'll be so proud of us right now Thank you, Brene. <laughs> um, can I do one final classic me? I'm doing yes, all of the OTT recommendations you the, lately. You said at the beginning that you didn't have any reps. I know. I'm so proud and now of I'm you like, well, I've got a million. So um, the only <laughs> other thing I wanted to mention is that we're going to put some links in the show notes. Um, I think it's a really good reminder that if you have the financial ability, this is a really good time to donate to First Nations charities and orgs. Oh, nice one. I think they're. They're doing all of the groundwork. They know what's best for their communities. Um, and I think just in light of the 30th anniversary of the deaths in custody report that came out recently, um, there's been more deaths in custody in the last 30 years since the report was released. Um, we've got a long way to go. And I think it's worth acknowledging that we're true white women and that um, it's good for us to see our privilege in these situations and maybe be active in the ways that we can support and be genuine allies. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, so we'll put some links because there's some really great organisations, like um, great literacy ones that really fit with this pod. No, I think that's really important. Thank you for doing that. That's okay. All right, well, happy reading. I'm really excited for the books we've chatted about yeah. this episode because I think there's some really good ones in here. Yes, agree. Yeah, see see how long it takes you to. Oh my god, yes, it's like a little stopwatch challenge. (laughs) Yeah, because I want to see if like we've actually recommended ones. You can do it in one sitting. If it's if it helps, I've read all of the books I've recommended in one day. (laughs) But also, I don't feel like I'm normal. So (laughs) you're like 
You're an impressive reader. I'm a speed reader, so I don't think that I'm the benchmark. <laughs> but I think that definitely graphic novels are your friend if you're wanting oh, to read a book I think that quickly. Such a good idea. Yeah. Alright, so we'll put all of our books and recommendations in the show notes. Um, we're one for the books pod on social and that's our website. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks guys. for listening. See you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> I feel like I said bass. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>